Hey, fans and friends and people, this is Amateur Hour, and we would really appreciate it if you would go on iTunes and rate and review the show. Tell us that we're awesome. Give us a five-star review. And also, you know, if you like what you hear, you can go over to paypal.me slash ahpkc. Make a nice little donation as we uh, try to save up some money to buy some new audio equipment to enhance your listening experience. We want to thank Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride. We want to thank Danny Parkins and Nick Wright for joining us the last couple weeks. And we want to thank you guys, the listeners, for tuning in every week. But now, it's time for the show. From the minds of Ryan Scott Hall and his darkness and presented in part by Arrowhead Pride. Lamar Hunt, Arrowhead Stadium, tailgating, Marty Ball, and King Carl. Marcus Allen, Montana Magic, Mile High Miracles. Oh, baby, what a play. Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, Casey Wolf, Jason Whitlock, and Joe Piznanski. Dick Vermeil, Trent Green, Tony G, Priest Holmes, the greatest offensive line ever assembled, and even the no-punt game. Herm, then Haley and Pioli in the Patriot Way, 27-7, and 7, Candy Wrappers, Romeo, and Airplanes. Be safe and be easy. Andy, Alex, DJ Specials, Puff Puff Pass Rush, Travis Kelsey, Jamal freaking Charles. We're Raider haters. We despise the donkeys, and red is always our Sunday best. If Home of the Chiefs gives you chills, you're in the right place. If this song means touchdown, you're in the right place. Whether you're in Kansas City, Bogota, London, Moscow, or Memphis, right now, it's football season. And buddy, you're listening to Amateur Hour. Welcome into Amateur Hour, folks. You have Ryan Scott Hall and a very dapper his Dirkness. What's up? Um, Dirk, so the Chiefs made a bunch of moves today. Do you want to just like start with the news? You want to do the news? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to redo the intro to include uh, Sam Barrington and C.O. Moore. Yeah. You're well, going to you're have to get their names in there. Thanks for ruining two headlines. Oh, crap. It's okay. It's okay. I'm, well, a good, I'm a good headline ruiner. I, 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 can, I can do that. You can, you can definitely I can do, do that with the best of them. All right. Well, spoiler alert. It's time for the news. All right. Hey. The Chiefs made like 14 moves today. Hey, um, I guess let's let's start with the first. I don't. It's. I guess it wasn't the first move, but it's kind of the one that made all the other chips fall. Yep. Jamal Charles goes and sees Doctor James Andrews, and Doctor James Andrews says, "Well, I think I need to do your surgery again." <laughs> I saw something that he didn't. He couldn't even identify what it was. Really. Which I guess means he just has to go in there and figure it out the old-fashioned way. Yeah. 
So um, Jamal is getting another knee surgery um, because of this new IR. It's almost like IR designation with ability to return or something. I mean, I, they say surgery. I don't know if that's like we're going to go in and clean it up or we're going to just completely redo this thing. I would assume um, he's done. I mean, you can take one person off of your IR. We've got a multitude of players on them. No idea if any of them are really... Or who's who's been play, planning mm-hmm. to use that on? But uh, I, if I had to guess, I would say it's not Jamal. Right, and um, Jamal not the only guy going on injured reserve today. Also, Parker Anger, starting left guard, rookie from the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, they also, as you mentioned, released Sam Barrington. They released Seal Moore. They signed Bishop Sankey. They, Great name. They elevated, uh, what's that guy's name? The the linebacker from the practice squad? Is it something? Something S- Jones? Terrence, Terrence Smith? Or Terrence Smith, I think. Oh, the linebacker from Florida State? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he got, he got brought up. Um, I mean, I just, they obviously, they, they made a, a lot of moves today. There's still I mean, a few roster spots open. But a lot of people think uh, Darren Reeves will be joining the big the big boys. Right, and I, and I don't know if it's going to be that or, um, I mean, you also have currently, like, the roster exemption to carry an extra guy while Houston ah. is not active. So, like, could be the Houston, Houston could be activated, even if you're doing it a week early. Like, yep. just just do it, I guess. Otherwise, you're signing a guy and cutting him a week later, probably. Yeah, just, um, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of action with, with the top thing, I guess, being Jamal. Um, I mean, if if there's a big effect on the roster from all the moves today, I would say anger has probably had a bigger effect than Jamal, just based on what, what you've seen so far this season. But obviously, you know, in our hearts and in our minds, losing Jamal is a, it's a pretty big blow. Yep. I saw... That I think Jamal has like 14 total carries in the postseason. That can't be right because he played that whole Baltimore game. Uh, I don't know. Remember, we, we don't like to give the ball to Jamal. That was, that was kind of a thing for a while. We sure saved Jamal for something, and he still broke down at the same time as all the other running backs. So. Yeah. Maybe we weren't saving him after all. I don't. I. Uh... I don't. I don't. It, it doesn't really hit me that hard today. I was. I was kind of already over it. I just. An NFL running back, I'm just kind of always ready to be over it. I mean, how, I can't count how many times we've said on this here program, like, Jamal's career will end, and it will end very quickly. Um, and by quickly, I mean at any point, at an instant. We don't know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. And we, we may have seen that. And, and just so people know, I mean, he's still under contract for next year. Uh, he's owed $7 million, but there is no dead money for cutting him. So if we cut him, we pay him zero. Uh, so he's kind of a prime candidate there. We still could restructure. We still could carry him at $7 million, I guess, but with Spencer Ware coming on at a much cheaper price, you you got to wonder. Yeah, I highly doubt that. Uh, the linebacker that did get elevated, Terrence Smith, um, he, he played pretty well in the preseason. He's been on the practice squad. I went and looked at the roster. Um, just going just gonna to throw this fun fact out at you. There is a guy on our practice squad that I've never heard of. His name's T.J. Barnes. Went to Georgia Tech. He's listed at six foot seven, three hundred and sixty-four pounds. All right, defensive lineman. 
Man. He's the uh, insurance for Poe playing fullback, I'm guessing? I don't know, but that guy is a giant. <laughs> that boy's got giant's blood. But, I mean, Jamal Charles held to, I think it was 40 yards in total this season. Uh, only 404 yards over the last two seasons, so, I mean... This this was kind of it was kind of coming. Look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. We've been discussing ways to trade Jamal two off seasons in a row, so yeah. this is probably on us. <laughs> we we started saying goodbye a while ago. Just you know what? Like we know that it's gonna happen. Um, I mean, even even with as tough a runner as he as he has been, like you just know that his body isn't built to. You know, play I guess as long as like somebody like Curtis Martin or Corey Dillon or something like that. Well, know? yeah, not not many are. Only once in a generation do you see a guy really last until his mid thirties at, at running back. Mm-hmm. It's just, just uh, not not a position meant for human beings. I don't think. Maybe if we can build some robots, some some Westworld bots, throw them back there. It's a just a damn shame that that's that's. Uh, I mean, I think really the conversation started shifting to everyone saying just like like we may. Never see him suit up for the Chiefs again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if he is done, he does go down with the highest yards per carry in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. What I don't want is for him to go to a different team, which would suck. And then he does bad and brings that yards per carry down and loses out to Jim Brown. Yeah, that'd be pretty. Because cool. you don't want to be second to Jim Brown in anything. He's got such a a like large Lean? sample size at this point that you would think like it would take. He's got a big he'd lead. Have to, he'd have to like really go out and have like some Emmitt yeah. Smith Arizona yeah. type of years or <laughs> yeah, something for like a whole season. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Yeah, he's got a point three yards per carry lead on Jim Brown right now. So okay, should be safe. Yeah, over however many you know thousands of carries that he's yeah. got. I don't know how many it is. You see my tweet today about the uh, with Jamal and Adrian Peterson both out now. The current leader in yards per carry in the NFL. Yeah, like is there a minimum carries on? Yeah, there's series? a minimum. It's not Spencer Ware. Probably would be Spencer Ware if there wasn't a minimum carry. Uh, You're not going to guess it. Yeah, okay, so go ahead and tell Justin me. Justin Forsett. Really? Yep. 13th no. in NFL history with, with the yards per carry. He's also on his 13th team yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, why don't, I guess since we've been talking about Jamal, why don't we start with the offense? Um, well, I, directly related to that, if, if I can interrupt you. Please do. Spencer Ware's injury now becomes a huge deal. Uh, and it's, he's concussion. We haven't really heard anything about him. There's been so much talk about Alex. We did hear that he didn't pass the second portion. Yeah. Of so apparently his protocol. his concussion was worse than Alex's on Sunday, which uh, seems crazy. I think that there's expectation that Spencer Ware definitely misses Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, at least my expectation, despite all of the weird. Like, back and forth on, did he have a concussion? Did he not? He passed both. We had a weird communication issue. We had Rick Burkholzer in charge of scheduling, also in charge of trying to explain this I told that fuck a thousand times. <laughs> I guess, uh... I, I'm, I'm a little lost, but, <laughs> but, but generally speaking, I would just say, like, why... What is the need for Alex to play on Sunday? I'm in a different spot from, if you've been listening to... Danny Parkins and Carrington Harrison over the last two days, it's basically been, I want to see it because of Nick Foles and his ability and blah, 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 blah. No, I just don't think there's any reason to put Alex out there on Sunday. 
I uh, just think like you got. I agree with both. I guess I want, I want yeah. to see Foles, and I don't think you need to play Alex. Right. I, I think it's it's kind of silly. I mean, what was your reaction to the whole he didn't have a concussion thing? I thought I don't think it's possible. Like I don't. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a medical guy, but I saw his face. Like he. He looked. He looked. I saw his face. <laughs> he's like, no, no. He tripped over Spencer Ware, and he's trying to get up. That's why he couldn't stand for like five seconds. I don't think any reasonable person could look at the two times that his head bounced off the turf, and hearing other players react to talk about how difficult it is to play there specifically, how hard the field is, and so on and so forth. Which I had never heard until Sunday. And now um, I can't get away from it. We, yeah, I mean, well, you know, news breaks every day. I know, it makes sense. I mean, given Jamal and everything else. I just... Indianapolis um, is cheating again. I don't, I don't see any scenario in which I would have even put him back in that game. Oh, yeah, we were shocked. Shocked. It was like, we didn't need him to go back in. Well, and so when he goes back out there, I'm just like... What, what for? Like, what do we stand to gain from Alex being back on the field? And, I mean, the guy, the second hit, I mean, I don't think it was especially vicious. It certainly looked like he kind of pushed his head into the turf, and that could have just been, like, a misplaced hand or whatever. I'm not trying to, like, vilify the guy. I didn't have a problem with it. But, I mean... Although I just, it was like, Robert Gathers' cousin or something, right. which is Unbelievable. That's a uh, unbelievable man. Six degrees that of Kevin family. Bacon on that one, right? I hope they. I hope their house got egged on Halloween <laughs> by some angry Chiefs fans that happen to live <laughs> in Indianapolis. Uh, I just, I, I, I look at it from Alex Smith's point of view, and this is some speculation, but that's what you've come here for is for us to speculate. Mm-hmm. That's what we do best. Uh, Alex Smith lost his job to a concussion before. Alex Smith lost his job when he had a really good team. In the middle of probably his best season as a pro. Um, he lost that job to Colin Kaepernick. He never got it back. That team went on to the Super Bowl and came within four yards of winning a Super Bowl while Alex watched from the sideline because he got that concussion. That is a very important factor, I think, when you're taking all this in. Did you read Sam's article? I did not. I, pulled, I, I so, got it open on my phone and I saw him read it. Um, one of the... I think the key points in it that some people, I don't know if, I guess I don't know if anybody walked away with this, this same thought from it, but he has Tamba on record telling him that every time they ask him to take a baseline test that he refuses. So the way the concussion protocol works, my understanding is you take a test during the week and this is a combination of like balance and... I don't know, memory or something. They test your brain and they test your balance at the same time. It's almost like a field sobriety test if anyone's ever had to take one of those. Um, But Tamba said that he just won't take it. He will not take the weekly baseline test. And his comment was that way they have, like, basically have something to work off of. So that essentially means that, like, Tamba will. They they won't have anything to compare if Tamba potentially <laughs> Tamba has cannot get a concussion. Correct. I He's mean that's, unconcussible. That's, I mean it sounds it's a perfectly Tamba Ali comment yeah. and, and approach. But I mean it also means that like some people talk about how they want to score very low 
during the week on purpose in order to avoid the concussion protocol. That so, makes sense. I mean, it's it's very strange to me because I know that there are people that are trying to, I, I guess, have the conversation about how dangerous concussions can be. And players are talking about player safety just as much as the media talks about player safety. And yet you have guys like this. And I don't know if Tom was just like football guy, old school guy or what. But like, I just, it's very strange to me. And I did, I saw a couple people tweeting about like Alex Smith will do anything that he can to avoid like the concussion being the reason that he's not on the field, essentially. I think that's kind of an interesting discussion, too. I mean, if he he knows the risks, Alex is a dumb guy. He knows everything, and he wants to do it. I mean, is it our responsibility to stop him? I mean, this is kind of a philosophical question. But is it is it our prerogative to tell him he can't when he wants to? He, he understands it all? Well, our personal amateur hour prerogative, no. Certainly not. <laughs> um, I mean... That that's that's impossible for me to answer, and I think it's it's really difficult. You know, it's it's. I don't want to go too far off the reservation here, <laughs> but like it 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 honestly it echoes like um, whether or not people should have the ability to like have assisted suicide. Essentially, is like mm-hmm. the term that they use. Yep. You know, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Not that like. Brain trauma will be suicide, but you have evidence of that. Um, and I guess it's just like, if Alex has a conversation with his wife, who we may have to get to here in a minute. Um, On the show? Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth, yes. Elizabeth is going to call in. Oh, tonight. wow. Yep. Awesome. Great. Uh, great, great production. On oh, man, man. Nice. Been working the phone. Nice. You've done a lot more than me today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I just like, if... Ultimately, if the players want to play, regardless of what the circumstances are, then I don't know how you can stop them. But it is sort of the NFL and the doctor's responsibility to, at the very least, be like, "This is this is the real thing." Mm-hmm. That you know, and that's the thing is that I don't think it seems that they've shrouded that whole thing, all of the concussion stuff. They don't really want to let you know what they're testing or how they're testing it. Or what the results are, and I mean that whole Will Smith movie. I haven't watched it, but it sounds like tell the truth. Yeah, the whole thing was them trying to basically tell the truth, defame the guy's character. <laughs> um, so I mean, they're doing everything they can to, like, I guess support avoiding concussions while also denying the effects that concussions can have. It's I don't. It, that's a that's a hard conversation, and that's not really what we're here to nope. talk about. No. Nope. So, I don't have answers. I'm just posing questions. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about, um, I guess, what the offense did on Sunday. I think easily their best performance of the season, um, probably the best all-around team performance. But focusing on the offense, oddly enough, 44 dropbacks and 24 handoffs, um, something that we don't like to see, and yet the offense was really humming. Um, I kind of had that feeling coming into it. I don't know why. Uh, I just thought that the Chiefs would come in and try to air it out. Like the past couple weeks, they've been run heavy. Mm-hmm. Maybe get Spencer wear a little bit of a break on his body. Um, and I just thought, I mean, you can attack the Colts in pretty much any way. They're equally bad against the run and pass. I think they're worse against the pass, actually. So I thought it was a good week to just come in and, you know, you're, you're a better team than the Colts, so elongate the game. You don't have to own the ball, really. 
elongate that game and, make, and show you the better team. And you saw some some things that you haven't seen so far this year. Um, Travis Kelsey goes out and has a really big day, or I guess a big half, ultimately, is what it amounted yeah. to. Um, Tyreek Hill has a great day. Um, do, do you want to do a stat line? Can we do a stat line? Sure. Okay. One of my, my favorite little, little gadgets we've got here. Stat line. <laughs> what? <laughs> there we go. I'm just, just the board ops gotta gotta do better here. Yeah. Um, all right. So stat line from Sunday: Albert Wilson played one fewer snap than Tyreek Hill on Sunday. Tyreek Hill seven touches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Albert Wilson zero touches, zero yards, zero touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, zero touchdowns, huh? He didn't score any touchdowns on his zero touches. The weirdest part about that, I watched the little Chiefs locker room video, like the celebration after the win. Albert Wilson breaks down the team at the end. Well, I mean, he played every special team snap. There you go. Every one. Um, I I was surprised he played that many snaps. I saw him out there on the snap in one game, or for one snap, and I was like, hey, Albert Wilson. Yeah. I didn't notice him all day. I didn't either. Uh, you know, and, and one quick thing, because we're talking about basically how, I guess, how bad the Colts defense is. Um, with Parker Inger, it seems like this guy grew up pretty quickly, in, as yeah. far as NFL terms are concerned. Because yeah. we were watching him and being like, oh man, this could be bad. It's a problem. Um, and, I don't know, it just seemed like they performed better when he was on the field. Like, even like him versus Fulton. To me, I don't, I don't know, but I, didn't um, I mean, maybe it was the cold Steve. Let's, it's, it's probably the cold Steve. <laughs> um, but Let's preface every <laughs> everything we're about to talk about with: I don't think the Colts have a single good player on their defense, and if they do, it's Vontae Davis, and he went out injured in the first quarter, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Both teams, just the weirdest game. Yeah, <laughs> both teams, like all these guys are getting injured. T.Y. Hilton apparently had a catch, then it wasn't the one that got called back. I don't remember that, but like. He got hurt. Davis got hurt. We had all these guys, uh, like all these guys on our team that are having to go and yep. sit down. Yep. And it was just like that game was so strange. Cairo Santos missed like a twenty-yard field goal off yep. the post. I like did. I just did not know like what was going on at all. And the Chiefs, you know, emerge obviously um, injured, so to speak. I guess you know, but they end up winning thirty to fourteen in a game that I was not confident about at all. I was scared. Um... But yeah, I mean, the, the Chiefs did what the Chiefs do. I mean, mm-hmm. this team is. Um, I, I want to I want to get this. One of my big takeaways, like a big picture takeaway here. Chiefs are five and two. They've won. Everyone keeps saying they're what fifteen and two in their last whatever. There's the playoff loss in there. I think it's eighteen and three, or sixteen and three, total. If they're the fifteen game. and two, it'd be sixteen and three. Yeah. Uh, all of this. And you can make the argument they're doing it without their three best players from just last year. That's arguable, but if you want to say Justin Houston, Sean Smith, and Jamal Charles are the three best players from last year. You want to say that. I want to say that. I mean, two of those are undeniable. I Jamal would... Charles is arguable. Well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh... you're doing that without the three, and we just keep on ticking. Yeah. Andy Reid's a fucking machine. He cannot be stopped. We're just rolling this team out. I... I... Did we get better? Did the whole league actually just get worse so that the Chiefs stayed the same? Or maybe they just got wor- less worse than everybody else? Like, I think, we're just good, man. I, I think that um, I'm going to hearken back to uh, my good friend, Todd Haley. And he wanted to create a roster at one point of 53 Lance Longs. Well, 
I think that Andy Reid and John Dorsey's philosophy, truth be told, they want 53 Alex Smiths. They want a bunch of guys like Alex that seem to have a pretty low floor and are just going to be, let's call it, better. High floor. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. High floor. The opposite of what I said. Tiny tiny house. Um, Essentially, what it seems like is they want a bunch of guys that are going to be above league average. They don't. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I guess they swing for the fences with talent. I think that the two most obvious options on that are Tyreek Hill and Marcus Peters, where it's like there are question marks about this guy, but the talent is too great for us to pass up. But even that, Tyreek Hill's not really an asset. It's a fifth-round pick. Exactly. Marcus Peters is a first-round pick, so that's that's something. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm liking this point. Maybe, I mean, maybe you can say Conley, too, because there just wasn't a whole lot of college production, and he just his numbers at the Combine, you know, jumped off the screen. But it's just like, I think that they've just created this team that, I mean, we've talked about how they can just beat all the bad teams. And they beat even a lot and of... And all the average teams. Yeah, and all the average teams. So it's like, the only teams that they seem to struggle against are the true elite ones in the NFL. And the true terrible ones, like the Titans and, and I, winless Raiders. I guess, okay, but you know, I mean, that Raiders game was on a Thursday, and that Titans game was Derek Johnson going down with an injury in the yep. middle of the game. So, I mean, hmm. you could say they, those are extenuating circumstances. Gotcha. I would not just highlight that as a, gotcha. a key. Um, so, one thing that, I guess, he, let's... Let's discuss this real quick as far as the Chiefs' offense is concerned. So far this season, um, I think that we could agree that the offense has not been as good as maybe we thought they were going to be coming out of the gate, right? Yeah. Just as under, a whole, yeah. underperforming yeah, a I little guess. bit. I guess so. Um, so right now, the Chiefs are scoring 23, well, 24 points a game. 23.7 is where they're at right now. Um the remaining defenses on the Chiefs' schedule in terms of points per game, Jacksonville and Carolina are tied for 26th. Tampa, 25th. Atlanta, 29th. Oakland, 22nd. San Diego, 24th. And then you have Tennessee at 17th and Denver twice, and they're at 5th. If, wow. if you don't include Denver... Those, those defenses are averaging giving up 26.7 points per game. Nice. And they're all bottom and, half of the and, league. And if you add in Denver, it's still 24 and a half. And that's Denver counting Denver twice. So the the And even average, Denver's defense, not as good as it was last year. Right. Time. So the average of the defenses remaining on the Chiefs' schedule is actually like um, a, a full point more than what the Chiefs are currently scoring. And the Chiefs have been... Disappointing so far. So, I mean, I think that there is reason for optimism in the back half of the season, but you do still have to look at... they. I mean, don't get me wrong, Zach Fulton is a serviceable player, um, but they have to technically fill a hole on the offensive line. You don't really know how long Alex is going to be out. You would assume, you know, and you lose Jamal. You don't know how long Spencer Ware is going to be out. Like, there are some questions, but it seems like there is an opportunity... For the offense to get better. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's the, an opportunity for the offense to keep humming like it has been the last few weeks. Right. Um, but one thing from Sunday, and this is where I think it's kind of a perfect example of maybe just like where the Chiefs are struggling or how they're struggling. The Chiefs had drives on Sunday of 8, 10, and 12 plays that all ended up only going for a field goal. 
Um, they just, they, they are not finishing. And we've talked about, we, I mean, when we were, we had Danny on, like, they're an abomination in the red zone. They can't figure out how to finish these drives off. Hmm. Is there something that you can attribute that to? Bad I mean, it in the red zone. Like, I wonder if it's, is it, is it yeah, play calling? Say, is it decision making from the quarterback? No, like, the Chiefs, I mean, they mostly work underneath. Um, and then I guess when you get closer to the end zone, the, the underneath just isn't really there. It shrinks. Because, yeah. Yeah. I would say that's the biggest problem. It's kind of like a team that can move from the 20 to the 20. The 20-20 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then struggles because you kind of need to rely on players more, I think. You know, like they're like a fade or they're like a one-on-one move out there with your guy. And the Chiefs don't do that as much as other teams. To, like... Travis Kelsey, I'm picturing, yeah, which I'm, was a really great thing to see him catch that touchdown. By yeah. the way, from Nick Foles, I guess. We also threw a fade to Chris Conley. He did. That was kind of weird. Kind of weird to see. I th- you know what, man? And here's the thing: like the th- what really sucks about Travis Kelsey having such a good game on Sunday is that he's now probably going to disappear from the offense for three straight weeks, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, well, I mean, at least I'm not convinced that he's. Uh, Distracted by his reality show going on right now. I mean, the dude, he plays on Sundays and then he flies out to LA every week and goes on these dates with these all these beautiful women from across the country and then flies back on Sunday or flies, meets up with the team wherever they go on the road trip. And, and I just have to wonder if that's starting to get to him. It's too much for, for one person. Well, and he's like... I mean, the know, last two weeks he only had five targets before this week. Five targets in two weeks. But that's because he's, you know... Is he not putting like, in the time? Like is he not put in the film? Playing out video games on dates and stuff. And Which I is can, cool. That's, that's fun. I mean, yeah, I, but it's like, how how can you make all of your meetings? Are you, like, Skyping yeah, in? Like, exactly. I don't even understand exactly. the logistics is, of it. Is he studying the film while doing that? That's my question. Is he going out on a date and studying the film while... while the, is this that... Is this that... Not just the fact that he's got the reality show, but... That he also signed this big contract. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just satisfied. He's yeah. just happy with where he's at. Could be. I'm number I'm number two to Gronk, you know? So who cares? I don't I don't need to be better than that. Gronk's <laughs> Gronk's the best ever. That's understandable. Um <sighs> Let's dive into Nick to, to Foles. Come on. Yeah, I mean I I wanted to, to I, I that's that's your realm, man. That's that's your that's your space. It's your air airspace. Uh all right. Um, he looked great. He looked great out there. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we preface with the terrible Colts defense, but it was very refreshing to see him throwing downfield. Uh, I just liked what he brought, and I feel like sometimes a quarterback can come in and get hot, and maybe there's so much film out there on, on Alex and Andy's offense, like maybe maybe we struggle with elite teams because they know what we're doing, and it doesn't present much of a challenge when you, especially when you get to the playoffs, and it's like specific game plans. Uh, and maybe Nick Foles just could provide another notch or two on that. I mean, where are you at with it? I will say that the most important thing to me about visibility on what Foles can do is where you stand with he and Alex's contracts after the season. Um, I've got the numbers on that. Please... 2017 contracts. Alex Smith is due $16.9 million with $7.2 million dead money. That's $9.7 you can save if you were to cut him. 
Uh, Nick Foles has a club option of $10.75 million. So you either pay him that or you don't resign him and he becomes a free agent. Okay, so let me... Do you, do you have a calculator on no. your computer? I got one in my head. Okay. Well, here I have a calculator on my computer. 10.7 for Foles? 10.75. What was Alex's dead money? You can money? save 9.7 <clears throat> cutting out. What was Alex's dead money? 7.2. And what's Alex's contract? 16.9. It's essentially okay. the same. So it's a million more dollars to have Nick Foles be your starting quarterback next year than mm-hmm. keeping Alex and not using the team option on Foles. So basically your decision Correct. is, do you want to, Correct. for one season, basically keep Nick Foles and pay him a million more bucks than you would Correct. Alex. You're not saving really any money. If you keep Foles instead of keeping Alex. Right. And I mean, ultimately, you still have to end up paying Foles some sort of contract after that. I mean, I would think they probably try to work out an extension almost immediately. I mean, if it came to that, yeah. But that might even put you in a bad position again when we talk about, you don't have to do it like they did with Alex. Um, I... Listen, I think that the only way to get a proper evaluation on it is if you give Foles a few games here. And I mean, it's it's almost kind of the same idea, I guess, as what I was talking about specifically with Jacksonville. Like, Jacksonville's so bad. They're so bad. There's no reason to, like, rush Alex back to play the 26th-ranked defense and arguably, like, what, second-worst team in football behind yeah. Cleveland? I mean, if you just watch Foles against Indy and said Indy's defense is terrible, like this isn't real, you're not going to come off that after Jacksonville. You're just going to say Jacksonville's defense is just as terrible. And judging by those defenses that you read for the rest of the season, you're going to be saying that a lot. The only, I guess, I don't know if I want Nick Foles to be the starting quarterback in Carolina, but... I mean, looking at two of the next three games being Jacksonville and Tampa at home, like, I would be okay if you pretty much sat Alex until at Denver the next three games. And it's just because I, like, I don't, again, the Carolina game, the Carol, it's mainly because Carolina's just a weird team right now, and I don't, I don't think anybody has a good read on them. Do you want to sit Alex for three weeks and then make a decision then? Or then definitely go back to Alex? I th- I would say maybe make a decision then is more accurate, um, but primarily it's just because like I want Alex to for sure be okay in his head, you know, and maybe sitting him for three weeks is worse than <laughs> like making his brain rest or something. <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah. But I mean, I guess I'm I'm just looking at the competition and saying like I think that the Chiefs in some way, shape, or form owe it to themselves to figure out if there's reason to consider whether or not you want to move on from Alex and use this asset that you have here in Nick Foles. And there's not a way for them to get a proper evaluation on it in six quarters. You know, if he only plays the Jacksonville game and doesn't play any other for the rest of the season, it would seem like a very uninformed and potentially harsh decision if somehow this offseason they said, well, those six quarters of Nick, plus just you know Andy's history with him, we've decided that we're going to move on from Alex and we're going to have Nick Foles be our quarterback. 
I think people would question the decision. Do you think it's more likely that they'd make that decision to change quarterbacks in this season or after this season? Man, that's a hard one. I mean, I almost think that... When you hear Therese talk about how Andy and really, I guess, how the team feels about Alex Smith, I mean, Therese said that you would have to see extended Cleveland Browns bad offensive weeks like three or four weeks in a row before they would even consider not having Alex be the starter. Yeah. That, like, there's not, there's no conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. And it really is kind of, I mean, it's unfair to Alex. I mean, he's playing great. I mean, he struggled the first couple weeks this year, but then hit that bye week, figured things out. It's back to the Alex that we know. Like, I think a lot of us are satisfied with Alex at quarterback, but, I mean, this just goes back to our conversation that we've had multiple times this year. Chiefs are good. But are they great? And it kind of comes, does, does Foles change that equation at all? And do you take that chance? I don't, I have. And it all might be for not because the Chiefs might just be married to Alex Smith and there's no way that this happens. I just don't, like, I don't think that there's any way to, to even know. Like, I don't, I don't know if the team would be better with Nick Foles playing quarterback or not. What I do know is that they have him under contract and in order to keep him, they have an almost $11 million option next year. And he's five years younger than Alex Smith. Oh. I mean, that's that's the big thing to me. Foles is 27. Alex is 32 years old. I mean, how much longer do you want to have Alex be your quarterback? Yeah, yeah you know? that's, some of the talk around Alex is that like, he's just like untouchable. It's just like, you want to move on from him eventually. And he's not like, he's not great. He's good. He's good. We've all we've all accepted that, and we know exactly what he is, and he's gotten us to this point, and we're a solid team. Talking about how we've won, we've gone sixteen and three in our last nineteen games, and that's been with him. But it's also like Andy Reid can you can make you can coach quarterbacks up. Like it's not it's not any mistake that Alex Smith is playing this well under Andy Reid. And when we talk about pass out Nick Foles games, not many of those are under Andy Reid. It was as a rookie, but. I mean, playing with the Rams for Jeff Fisher with absolutely no receivers isn't very telling to me of Nick Foles as a quarterback. I mean, not to mention the fact that Andy Reid drafted Nick Foles yep. in the second round. Like, and he picked this guy in the top 50. And Nick Foles chose the Chiefs. There was that article this week about how all the quarterbacks the Cowboys passed up to, the, to for them to settle on Dak Prescott. And one of them that this, they went hard after Nick Foles after he got released, and Nick Foles is like, "Nope, I'm playing for Andy Reid. I'm playing for Andy Reid." It's, it's interesting. I want to do a bit of a uh, deep dive, so let's, uh, let's hit that deep dive. Dropping down, dropping down. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Deep dive on Nick Foles v. Alex Smith. On Sunday, Nick Foles had a 10.13 yards per attempt. His sixth best out of 36 career starts. Alex Smith has topped that twice in 56 games as a Chief. Six times in his 133 career starts. So same so number never, of... never 
topped it when he was in San Francisco and did it six times here? No, no, no. Twice as a Chief. Oh, okay. Six times. Twice out of 56 with the Chiefs. Six out of 133 for his career. Uh, so then I want to look at other things. You, you know my favorite stats for, for quarterbacks. Foles was 72.7% on Sunday. Uh, Alex has topped that nine of 56 games as a Chief. Uh, how about multiple interceptions in a game? Foles, six out of his 36 starts, which is 16.7%. Alex, four out of his 56 starts as a Chief. That's 7.1%. 20 out of 133 for 15% his career. So uh, he threw a lot of picks when he was when he was younger. Um, so it's I mean the stats play out almost exactly how you think. Foles racks up the yards per attempt, throws more picks, uh, completion percentage I don't know about the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was just kind of interesting to look at the the numbers like that. Well, and I don't. Uh, there's no there's no reason for anybody to assume that Nick Foles is going to replicate the kind of season that he had with Chip Kelly when he had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Like I don't even think that frankly that should be part of the the conversation. I agree, but then I also wouldn't agree like his I wouldn't include like his bad years too because with the Rams he didn't have a chance. And then it's, I mean his his Philadelphia careers are just the ups and downs of Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like he came in his offense was new nobody knew what to do with it. Nick Foles dominated then everyone figured it out and Nick Foles was not good. So, I mean, do you blame Foles for that at all, or is it all Chip Kelly's offense? Well, I don't know. You're the Chip Kelly homer. You I tell s- us. <laughs> You're our resident Chip Kelly expert. So, like Chip. Yeah. I Listen, I, I mean, the grass is always greener. It is. And it's, it's really hard to not be, at the very least, intrigued yes. <laughs> by the fact that you have a quarterback... That Andy Reid drafted on your roster, it came in a weird way for him to ultimately end up back with Andy Reid, but to get him essentially for free, you didn't have to give up anything other than just paying him a contract, and you suddenly have a 27-year-old quarterback on your roster, and it seems like, at least for now, albeit a small window, there is a window of opportunity to see what that looks like. It's very, very intriguing. I definitely want to see him on Sunday. I definitely want to see a little bit more. If if they start Alex Smith on Sunday, do you think that there is reason to, in some way, shape, or form, question the motivation behind it? Is it no? Could it be to squelch any of squelch. the potential quarterback controversy? Um. No, I mean I don't, and I don't think there's much of a controversy in Andy's mind. I don't I think this either. is more of a fan thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. And even if like Alex that goes, word. Alex goes right back in. We're all just gonna keep it in our hip pocket, like man, Foles looked so good for that for that half. And we're just gonna wait until Alex goes through a struggle, goes through a slump, until we lose a few games. Then we're gonna be like, you know, Nick Foles sitting over there, played mighty well. Like it's gonna be a factor for the rest of the season, I think. We're not just going to start Alex on Sunday. He's going to play well, and then we're going to go the whole season without talking about Nick Foles again. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's just kind of there. It's also it's also kind of a good problem. I don't mind seeing this team get pushed. I don't either. I mean, I think it 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 gives Alex in some way, shape, or form a sense of urgency and a sense of like, you know, it's not just that Nick is here. It's that wow, he went out and he played well. You know. He, he played really well mm-hmm. when he was on the field. And so 
if that causes Alex to rise to the occasion, then awesome. And if it causes him to not, then, well, we get to see what Nick Foles can do. Um, I think maybe before we switch over and talk about the defense, and I've got a lot on the defense. The defense. Um, we have to at least take a couple minutes and talk about what Tyreek Hill is doing right now. Um, he's leading the team in touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I remember somebody had an over under like five and a half touchdowns before the season. I was just like, oh, you guys are idiotic. It's way under. So, if Tyree Kill currently, let's just say this if I came to you before the season and the Chiefs had drafted their, their Tyree Kill, and I said, not only is this guy going to make the roster, but through seven games, he's going to be leading the team in touchdowns. Do you think that the team is good? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, you probably suck. <laughs> like, I'm picturing a lot of touchdowns that he scored like against Pittsburgh where it's 36-7 and he, and he dances in. I He's a bona fide weapon now. He's, like last week, we asked if he had arrived and the answer was unequivocally yes. <laughs> and then he went out and had like a 100-yard receiving game. I mean... This is like this is a this is a real thing yeah. right now. This is honestly the best rookie wide receiver <laughs> that the Chiefs have seen since like Dwayne Bow. <laughs> and I know that there are people that since don't like Snoop Dwayne Bow, but I mean like Somebody suggested to me that Dwayne Bow is the worst player in Chiefs franchise history on Sunday. Dwayne Bowe is officially the most underrated chief of all time. Okay, well, how about this? Guy that said that, if you're listening right now, tune out. Don't come back. Love Dwayne Bowe. I told him to take you a don't respect. You don't disrespect Dwayne Bowe in this house. Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-mm. Um, I, I told him to take a few plays off. I just... I think it's amazing what this guy is doing. And I also think that there is potential that he's only barely scratching the surface. And when you see, like, the couple of, let's call them, like, 50-yard plays that he's caught have been horrible passes. Both of them have been really bad. And he's adjusted to the ball and made the play, and I will give him all the credit in the world for that. But, I mean, you've seen a couple of 30-some-odd-yard touchdowns. The one with the great adjustment last week, and then gets this other nice, like, 30-yard ball from Foles on Sunday with a blown coverage, but still... Like, great recognition and great ball. And a great play. Like, yeah. It was good four receivers on one side, and they were in zone, and just totally fooled them. I, I am legitimately excited about not only what he's done, but, like, man, if this dude can keep it up in any way, like, the Chiefs have not had multiple weapons. They haven't drafted a wide receiver that has accomplished much of anything or brought in a receiver outside of Jeremy Macklin that has accomplished much of anything in a long time. Yeah. It's been a while. Yes. And for we, we running backs grow on trees in Kansas City, wide receivers do not. Do you at all worry that you're gonna like see this Tyreek Hill star player doing all of these things and then he has an incident? No. No? No. Don't even think about it? No. Okay. Not even a little bit. All right. I just... Man, that would be a... He's turned it around, man. He's (laughs) turned it around. He's saying all the right things. How could I be worried about it? He definitely is is doing everything he can to try to put a smile on his face and be humble. And, I mean, I I certainly appreciate that. I also seem like... It also also seems like 
he and Dat are buddies. Yeah. They're kind of <laughs> we know like, that. Like we know that on Sunday. Guys, they're kind of getting along. Like, yeah, you think they'd, they'd be rivals playing the exact same position. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see. And I, I like Dad out there. I think Dad's a great fifth option. I think that DeAnthony Thomas like has a role that can be you he he can be an effective player offensively for them uh-huh. and on special teams like yeah. like useful yeah especially if you get Tyreek in there with them like there's there's things you can do with both of them yeah I, I, mean, I remember seeing a couple sets that were two two guys out wide were Dat and Reek and if you I mean you can do that obviously on kick and punt returns too where it's just which like, they were doing on punt returns which is yeah. interesting and it's like. I think, honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure Tobe has something drawn up, but I think he's also just like, you know what, why don't you guys just both go out there? Holy shit. Do you remember that Bears punt return where they faked? The that, Johnny, was, that was two, right? The Johnny Knox and yeah. Devin Hester. Yeah, that was and two, Hester, right? Hester, like, like, waved for the fair catch and fake caught it, and the ball wasn't even on his side of the field. Yes, if right. you don't know what we're talking about, please go seek it out on YouTube. It's got to be there. It's, it's probably under Bears fake punt return or something. Yeah, it was John Knox. But happened. Hester's all the way on one sideline, and fake catches it when Knox catches it all the way on the other sideline, completely confusing the entire punt team. Yeah, acting Let's like see the ball's some of that. not coming. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Please <laughs> give me that. Was that Dave Till? It had to have been, I think. I mean, I guess he it came just straight from the Bears. The yeah, I think it was before he came here. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's great. Uh, well, let's uh, let's switch sides. I'm gonna donate to the Dave Tube Fund if if he pulls that one off this year. Does he got a, does he got a uh, donation button like we do? Can we give him a promotion to that like assist, assistant head coach role or however yeah. that, however you want to do that? PayPal dot me slash Dave Tube twenty five dollars. There you go, Dave. Um, all right, so I want to discuss a few things that, honestly, I was really pissed off that some of our friends decided to already go through and do the math on. Because huh. I wasted some time at work doing some math about the Chiefs' defense. And then got on Twitter and saw that Craig had already done it, and I'm sure a few other people did. Ah. Well, here's the deal. And ruining to... Ryan wasting time at work. It's fine. I just want to bring some context to what the Chiefs have been doing on defense so far this season, and then also take a look forward and see what they have to look forward to, just like we did with the Chiefs' offense, I guess. Right? So, right now, well, let's let's hash through the last few games, or just the first seven. So, teams that they've played that are really good on offense. <laughs> they're, just, they're really good. Is that an official stat? Yeah. Really good on offense. Gotcha. Um, New Orleans is, in points per game, New Orleans is second in the league. The Chiefs held them to 7.7 under their average. Um, Let's just do this. Like, as far as plus or minus is concerned, um, based on what offenses are scoring in their average game, the Chiefs are holding them five points less than that. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs are currently 8th in scoring defense, but the teams that they've played against, New Orleans had had less than their season average. San Diego, who's 3rd in the league in points per game, had, granted, just a point, but like less than their season average. Oakland, 6th in the league in scoring. They were held 17 points under their season average. Indianapolis, ninth in scoring. They were, her, they were held 12 points under their season average. Now, Pittsburgh, so... With I, I looked at this as far as with Roethlisberger. I'm not even going to count the last two games with Landry Jones. With Roethlisberger, they are like fifth in the league in scoring. Uh, they're currently twelfth, even with the games with Landry Jones. Dirty laundry. Um, but they scored. 
they had 15 points over their average because that game was just an aberration. Um, the Not Texans. So the Jets are 28th in scoring, and they were even held 16 points under their average. And then the Texans are 31st in scoring, and they were plus two on the day ah. above their average. Now, a couple things to keep in mind, and I know that that's a lot of pluses and minuses, and maybe it's tough to follow, so I apologize. But basically, the Chiefs are on average holding teams five points below what they score on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and that even includes the time that Pittsburgh scored 15 points more. Yeah. Than, and it's actually bigger than that because their average goes down if you include the Landry Jones games. Yeah. So, but up in the coming weeks, we already think, I would say right now, it's safe to say that the defense is playing much better through seven games than we expected. If you looked at, yep. we've played the second, third, sixth, ninth, and twelfth offenses in the NFL, and they and the Chiefs are eighth in scoring defense. Um, that's a huge surprise. We all thought the offense was going to be better than the defense this year. They were certainly going to struggle out of the gate. And the defense is just, they're just doing what they do. They are. This is honestly no different from what we've seen in years past. They are. It's Um, it's very impressive. Really impressive. The, The, I guess, I'm going to say the scary part is teams typically get a little bit better as the season goes on. These are all early games in the year. I would think that, you know, you kind of figure things out a little bit, and the defense is putting tape out there. So people are going to see what the Chiefs are doing, how the Chiefs have been successful. The next few weeks, Atlanta, number one scoring offense in the NFL. We play them on the road. Carolina, number four scoring offense in the league. We play them on the road. We still have to play Oakland again, who's sixth. We've already played once, but we have to play them again. San Diego, they're third. We have to play them again on the road. Then we have to play Denver twice. And they're, I mean, they're 13th in the league, but we're talking in the final stretch of games, Atlanta, Carolina, and Oakland, and San Diego, four of our final nine are in the top six in scoring in the NFL. Hmm. And then you have Denver that you have to play twice, and those they're just always tough. That's kind of weird. We just have a slew of games against good Four offensive teams that with are bad defense. Terrible at defense. Right. I guess it's just the NFC South is like that and then what what other division? I mean the AFC South. I mean the West too. Oakland and San Diego were bad at uh, defense. Yeah, so I mean it's it's interesting that huh. like if our defense can hold out and the offense just plays the way that they're playing. Basically, I guess if if we continue to play that we're pl- the way that we're playing then we're fine. Um, but I mean, it's if if either unit gets a little bit worse, they're going to be in trouble because the teams that we're playing score points. Yep. And so if the defense does not prevent them from doing that, and the offense struggles at all, like we're going to lose some games. I mean, we, we got to rehash last year's argument, I guess. Like it's you get up in front of them and you play the Chiefs game, and they're fine. Otherwise, you're looking at like a Steelers game where it gets away from you. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I thought we had put that to bed after week one of this year. I think I was I was sorely wrong, but I think it's just I think the Chiefs know how to play these teams. But it's just get out in front, protect the lead, protect the ball, time possession, and limit the other offense. And it just works to perfection against these types of teams, unless they get up fourteen nothing, and then you're pressing the whole time. So I fully expect the Chiefs to just put a hurting on Jacksonville. I mean, I'm interested to see how they come out. I mean, they they pretty much quit last week. Uh, so if they show nothing this week, I don't 
I don't know how you're retaining that coach. So it's it's kind of a if they care about the coach whatsoever, then they might come out and play hard this week. Yeah. And if they don't, then they won't. I I watched some of that. Was that that was a Thursday night game? That's why I watched it. And they just like I've I've never seen a team quit so hard in the first half. Like they were they were done, just done. Well, and the way that Tennessee plays is, I think, the way that typically you would see the Chiefs play. But I mean, no matter if it's Foles or Alex, I think just because of where they're at at running back, I mean, I think everyone like there's basically at this point no way that you're going to see Spencer Ware on Sunday. I mean, if he no, failed the second the portion of concussion protocol, I don't think there's any way that he plays. I'm concerned he's going to be out long term. Um, I mean, I I could see it. I mean, I think that there's obviously cause for concern because he's the reigning, current, future, hopeful yeah. NFL MVP. It's going to be tough. I don't know how he's going to win it, but he's. I mean, he's going <laughs> to. <laughs> but I mean, I think that even like Nick Foles and Sharkandrick West, like I think you're fine. It's, but it's, that'd be so weird if that's what we were, we're seeing this week. Jacksonville's giving up like 130 yards on the ground, and the Chiefs will be able to run the football even with Sharkandrick West. Yep. As long as he can like stay healthy and in the game, then they're fine. Yep. The weird thing is though is that like they sh- they can't go into the game with Sharkandrick West. Bishop Sankey and then like Dat and Tyreek as the available options at running back and and, and Anthony Sherman they can't do it we will f- we if Sharkandrick West gets hurt then you're probably going to be throwing the ball like sixty times against a team that you, know, you don't want to be one dimensional really against anybody no. so I mean whether it's bringing back Nile because he got cut from the Jets Nile Davis or elevating Reeves which I think a lot of people keep thinking may happen um, I mean I don't know it's it's interesting but we also we haven't talked about D Ford yet D Ford it's oh man 55 was, minutes I was going to say almost perfect timing but it's 58 minutes we were close ah shit but I mean he let's was let's delete the last 3 minutes he was compared let's delete like, it wasn't that good let's delete the last 3 minutes okay all right fives i think we owe a bit of an apology to D Ford don't we um. Yeah, I mean, we we came on here and trashed him. I think the last time that it was just you and I on a podcast, I think we trashed him pretty pretty good. I think we came on and saying they were wasted snaps. We'd rather see them go to a younger player. Like we've doubled down on the bad pick by playing them so much. I think uh, may owe a bit of apology. I think uh, right now I would say that he's at the very least. Like officially good enough to be an NFL football player. Yes, and I, not I, and not even like a bottom of the roster, but like this guy can play. That's that was kind of my takeaway. Like he's not terrible. He might not be great, mm-hmm. but I think we can say for sure that he's not terrible now. I believe I said officially serviceable or something, but then yeah. but then he ended up having like two more sacks after I said that. Um, I mean, right now this season. He's got seven sacks, and he hasn't played a single snap opposite Justin Houston. Yep. And something that I would hope people remember, just as far as a trend is concerned, when it comes to Chiefs pass rushers, I mean, Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, it was a pair, and they fed off of each other. You ultimately end up getting into, you have Jared Allen, who's a dominant player, and you draft Tomba, and they fed off of each other. Mm-hmm. Tomba was getting like 10 sacks or right around 10 sacks each year. And we didn't know if he was good because Jared Allen was really good. Hmm. And then you end up getting Justin Houston. For a little while, it's like you don't know if Justin Houston's good or not because Tomba is taking all of this attention. Yep. And you've now seen D. Ford 
for the most part, exclusively play opposite a really old and sometimes well, effective yeah. Tomba. Now, well, now we don't know if D4 is in because Frank Zombo's taking all that attention. Correct. For all <laughs> 16 of his snaps on Sunday. I mean, he, he garners a lot of one-on-one matchups. <laughs> uh, I just, I think that, I don't know if it's just rhythm or what. I mean, for... The first time in his NFL career, he is getting consistent snaps. The question that I wanted to ask on him, I mean, he's he's clearly gotten better, even from the beginning of the season. He's clearly gained more confidence, and even if it's been against backup players and whatnot, I mean, that was kind of the, the when I said D. Ford is the Chiefs, like, he can only beat the guy that's in front of him. That's it. That's all that you can ask him to do, is yeah. beat the guy that you're playing against. So... If the Chiefs are only beating bad teams or D. Ford is only beating bad players, I don't care if D. Ford feasts on all of the bad tackles in a 16-game schedule straight to double-digit sacks. Yeah. I don't care. And and to be fair, I mean, we've never gone through and, and charted who Justin Houston racks up his sacks against or Tom Bahali racks up his sacks against. And Houston was getting We just count them sacks. Yeah, and he was getting them in bunches, too. Houston kept, would have those weeks where you'd have three or four sacks, like, against the Bears. Yeah. And, and you just, I mean... We weren't worried about it because it was like Justin Houston's so good that yeah. who cares who he's beating. Exactly. Uh, I, I almost wonder if confidence is a big thing for D4. Because these sacks reason? come in such bunches. Like, I wonder if maybe he listens to talk radio and stuff. Maybe he reads his press, which I think is... He seems like the kind of guy that might do that. I, I think a lot of them do. Like, you're going to watch sport. You're going to listen to... Well, maybe you're not going to listen to local sports talk, but you're going to watch, like, Sports Center and stuff. Like, you're going to. You like sports. Not everybody, but a lot of them. Some of them don't pay any attention, it seems like. A lot of them say that, uh, but I don't. I, I think more of them do than people would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just he gets these sacks and bunches, and it's like he gets his confidence going. He's like, okay, I can, I'm, I can do it. I'm, a, I'm, in a, I'm an NFL player, can get these sacks, and then they start coming. Like he just starts rolling them up. And now he's, he's built on that for three weeks in a row. Who's, who's Jacksonville's Jokel? Is he still around? I thought that they. I think Jokel went I to thought guard, they didn't had they? legitimately moved him to guard. Yeah. So we don't know their tackles either. It doesn't it, matter. It'd be cool to see him against a, a bad, our, our good offensive line. Well, I mean, he gets to play against Mitch Schwartz in practice every week. Hey, hey yo. Mitch Schwartz had a rough week. Yeah, he did. Um, I guess he. But you, you had told me he didn't practice all week last yeah, week. Yeah, he was, he was okay. very questionable all right. going into it. So I think that explains that away, probably. Um, a couple other things to think about as far as the defense is concerned, just the way that they've played so far this season. Uh, they had eight sacks going into the game and had six on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a great elevation, but something that we had talked about multiple times, I think everybody was worried about, is how sustainable is it to not generate a pass rush and keep holding teams to, to low point totals. Yeah, I can't. I, I, it's so, so hard for me to get over that stat. It's from a few weeks now, but but the pressure rate from teams, and we were at like eighteen percent, and thirty first in the NFL was at like twenty seven percent. I was just like, whoa. And I'd like to see it now. I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. go across this week, but uh, we might still be in last for all I know because we were so far behind. We're getting more and more excited about the return of Justin Houston, and you saw how quickly that can turn into just doom and gloom when it came to Jamal. I mean, Jamal was essentially on the field for 
10 snaps or something. And mm-hmm. then it was like, well, nope, you got to get your knee done again. So, um, I, I would still be very, very cautious as far as Houston is concerned. I cannot wait to see 50 out there on the field, and I will be just as happy and just as excited and just as confident as everybody else maybe once it happens. But until then, just be careful. Do not expect Justin Houston to come back and, and, and don't be the rush thing that's going to like elevate this defense to another level because we don't know if and when and how he's going to play. We know nothing. Yeah, I think my goal for Justin Houston is for him to be rounding back into form for the playoffs. Whatever that takes. Whether that's getting him out there as early as Carolina and playing him 15 snaps and just really easing him back in, or whether it's throwing him out there and letting him get his legs under him, but maybe he's not going to be good right away, but he'll improve and then be at his best come playoffs. Like, get him ready for week 18, week week 19. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are bottom five in the NFL in third down percentage allowed. Allowed? 45% teams are converting on third down right now. It's kind of surprising. You keep letting that happen. That's also a really bad sign. Yep. Um, Daddy got 10 snaps on Sunday. Daddy. They were holding Daddy. They were. Daddy looked good. It's illegal to hold Daddy. Daddy looked good. <laughs> he got 10 snaps on Sunday, and Zombo only got 16. Daddy yeah. looked good. Yeah. Into the game, D and Daddy. D. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Daddy going to give you the D. I also, um, man, we're starting to I, I we're starting to see some young guys. They're doing some things. We got Reek and Meek and Daddy. We got some... Mm, Good stuff. I'm liking it. Ricola. Um, what is Ricola? Uh, it's like a lozenge. Oh. I was always a Halls guy, as you can imagine. It's a it's a lozenge. Lozenge, like ah. a throat lozenge. You're the one. You drink tea like every morning. I'm yeah. surprised you've never gone to the lozenges. Uh, yeah, no, never drinking Ricola tea. No, it's not. It's not tea. Oh. It's a lozenge. Ah, it's a sausage. Okay, I got <laughs> um, The last thing that I've got, and that doesn't mean that you don't have anything else. I got stuff. The last thing that I've got. We saw it with Eric Fisher. It feels like we're maybe seeing it with D Ford. Like, is year three a thing? I think that we've given... Uh, yeah, I can see that. I, I feel like we've made a bunch of jokes about, like, yeah, you know, you got to get used to the offense, or you got to do this or that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those aren't jokes, Ryan. It hasn't. It Those hasn't, aren't jokes. Not for me. certainly hasn't panned out as far as Albert Wilson's concerned. But, <laughs> um, I mean, you're talking about... A lot of people wanted to question John Dorsey and say, man, first-round draft picks, not doing good, and so on and so forth, and yep. they have invested the time and the effort into these guys. And, I mean, I think Fisher looks... Really, continually. Fisher doing. had a really good grade on on PFF. I want to say he was like the highest. No, I think Kelsey was the highest. I think Fisher might have been second uh, for our grades against Indy. Uh, I still I don't like paying offensive linemen, so I'll, I'll probably never be with that deal. But I mean, he does look good. I'll give him that. Is he only in his third year? This his is fourth. This is his. That'd be his fourth year, right? Yeah, it'd be his fourth because we drafted him in Reed and Dorsey's first year. Hmm. But I mean, with D Ford coming around, like if. At this point... If I our think, bad picks are good... I think you have to... We're going to really do some damage. Right. I think you have to expect that D4, over the final nine games, gets three more sacks. So I He's mean, at seven right now, which is fifth in the NFL. 
I thought it was kind of interesting. Justin Houston had seven and a half sacks last season in 11 games. Mm. So D Ford is almost better than Justin Houston. Almost. Oh, I also had this line. I got a. He dropped the. Uh, remember how he used the LOLB? Mm-hmm. He dropped the LOL. Now he LMAO at the Colts LOL. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> takes a lot to. to to think about. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What are your, your final thoughts today, Dirk? Uh, with D Ford's emergence, we're not going to trade for Cam Wake now, are we? No, that's not going to happen. Damn it. Actually, I think the trade deadline already passed. Too, it, so. it did. It happened today. Um, I want to talk about Andy Reid's onside kick. Uh, so the Colts pick up the personal foul hitting Travis on his touchdown. Um, props to Travis. I, wanna, I hope he's not banged up for his... Uh, Pilgrimage out to L.A. this week with all the beautiful women waiting for him out there. I mean, he could play it up, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, like, you, you got to be like... Have some nurse. Man. Some nurse action. They're going to be like, you had such a good game. And yeah. you like, yeah, and I really banged my head. Did yeah, you yeah. see? And they're like, you looked so good when you were dancing. I know, but my balance was off. Like, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna take notes this week if his balance is off. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so the Chiefs kick off from the 50. A lot of people had a big problem with this. People were really upset about this. Uh, they tried the onside kick. I didn't even... I don't think I was even looking at the TV at the time. So I never even... I still haven't even seen it. Someone told me it was like the one of the worst onside kicks they've ever seen. I know they kind of like faked one way and kicked the other, maybe? Kind of? I th- Well, I mean, I think it's like... I think Cairo tried to make it look like he was going to kick off. And then not, not like, I'm going to kick it over here, but like I think he just tried to make it look natural and on-sighted at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is one of the most progressive things Andy's ever done, which is something that I'm always keeping an eye on. Uh, so the Colts got it at the 37-yard line. Touchback goes to the 25, so that's a 12-yard difference, obviously. Uh, the straight onside kick's not even my favorite option. I'd try to kick it super high and have it land like at the 1 or did, inside the 10. Did we see that? I thought... I thought somebody, oh, you know what it was, you know what it was, was um, after a safety and you have to do the punt, mm-hmm. and so the, the punter like focused exclusively on hang time, and you make it like, that's a really, really awkward situation, yeah. because you're kicking it short. And it's a live and, ball. And it's, yeah, like on kickoffs, like you, it's, man, like, I, there's so much that you can do. On kickoffs, I feel like it is kind of an untapped resource for, like, fun stuff to mess yeah. around with. Especially when you kick it from the 50. Can I ask you something? The worst more? thing you can do when you're kicking from the 50 is boot it through the end zone. That is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, it's it's really dumb. Um, but can, can I ask you something? Yeah. Ask away, buddy. Like, I, am I wrong for just, I don't give Andy any credit for this at all? Like, it's Dave Tube. I feel like Tube is just, like... On his own planet, and he doesn't even have to ask Andy. It's just like, Dave, if you want to do something right now, then go and do it. He's got he's his own... Well, I give Andy credit for saying that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of a play-it-by-the-books kind of guy. It's just, I mean, a lot of things I come on here and, and ramble about my in my Madden things, you know. Mm-hmm. And Andy just doesn't do it. And, hey, I'm not going to question Andy because Andy's obviously got something figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like to see more of this type of stuff from him. And he went out and did it. Like, he just doesn't... He doesn't do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And if Dave Tube's into it and he just gives Dave Tube the freedom, then, then I give Andy credit for that, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think it's just a, it's, it's worth the risk. I mean, 12 yards. And people are just like, in my mentions, like, we gave him back the momentum. 
You can't give Andrew Luck any free yards. All this stuff. And it's just like, guys, 12 yards. And then it was funny because then the Colts did go down and score. And then we got the ball back and took the ball out of the end zone and returned it to, like, the 13, I think. And that was pretty much like a 12-yard difference from just kneeling in the end zone. Like, where's, where's all the outrage? Where's the, where's the talk about momentum here? We've lost momentum on this kick return. But I'm sure there were plenty of people that were tweeting about how, yeah. how, how bad it was to, to return that there. But. So I wanted to give props to Andy for that. Let's see what else. Derek Johnson's missed tackle. That was kind of weird. I think it was a weird game. <laughs> I'm just chalking it up to the weird game. I was like, honestly, the only like memorable thing that was negative on Sunday was Derek Johnson missing that tackle. Yeah. And I, I think it was like it's Frank Gore, and it's just weird. But it was like I thought he maybe I thought maybe he just like thought it was Donald Brown, and he just like wanted <laughs> to to like light him up, or just re- was remembering his great play against Oakland, and Frank Gore just bounced off it. Great, um, great play by Frank Gore. Yeah, Frank Gore is good. So I mean, it's not not too terrible, I guess. But I think. I think that drew like the most tweets from everybody because everybody was just like, "DJ, like did that did that just happen?" Like everybody needed confirmation on Twitter. Like we all saw the same thing, right? Like DJ had him in his sights and then he just let him get away. Like that doesn't ever happen. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of weird. Uh, how about uh, Phil Gaines made an incredible interception? I thought he was all over that play. Uh, it was good to see him back out there, and it was just in time because DJ White. Uh, got banged up, but I think we got four serviceable corners, which is good. I think Who's the fourth DJ White or Steven Nelson. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're good. Peters. You're good. Peters is the first one. Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's pretty good. Real quick on Marcus Peters, like he's getting the Sean Smith treatment the last three or four weeks. Teams are not throwing at him. They're not even. They're not even doing it. If you had to like attribute like what seems to be going right with the defense. And you don't include the fact that Marcus Peters is so good that I think that he's just like affecting what other teams do. I mean, I I don't know what else you're looking at. I yeah. feel like that's the number one reason that the team has has been so successful without generating a pass rush. It's just this like they just don't you don't want to throw at him. I agree. And I'm kind of coming. Around, I, I always thought like the second most important position was pass rusher. I think I'm coming around that it's cornerback. I think it's just so valuable to have good corners. And yes, I lay awake every night thinking about the tandem of Sean Smith and Marcus Peters, and everything that could have been. Every because no 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 team was throwing at either of them last last year. Last year with Smith, this year with Peters. Where would they throw the ball this year? They can't even throw the ball. Um, I thought Poe, Jones, and Howard all played good. Colts will line, uh, and that's it. That's all I got. They're pretty bad. They are pretty bad. Well, folks. Looking forward to the Jags game on Sunday. I don't know if it's supposed to be nice, but I do believe that there are some uh, Chiefs fans scattered about the country that are coming in. Hope everybody has a good time. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Uh, Jersey swap real quick. Uh, Just shout out that entire 90s Jaguars team. I mean, I would probably take Jimmy Smith. I would probably take... I mean, I know you're a Brunel guy. I'd take Mark Brunel right now. I'd start him against Jacksonville. Um, who played opposite Jimmy Smith? Why can't I remember? Oh, come on. It's not. It's, it's, I'm not in my head. Keenan McCardell. There you go. Man, they were fun. Keenan McCardell, Tony Baselli. How about the, the D-tackle tandem, Stroud and Henderson? Yeah, they were fun. They were always fun. They also had, uh, 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 and I think we talked about this, how he's still in the league. Rashawn Rashad Mathis. Rashad. <laughs> he, was, he was the next one off the, my tongue. I liked, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I mean the Jags. Yeah, yeah, all right. 
But they're gonna they're gonna get crushed on Sunday. I love that '90s Jackson. I always remember the game. They went into Mile High. It was the year before Denver won the first of their Super Bowls. It was a wild card game, and Jacksonville went into Mile High when it was like nobody went into Mile High and beat them in a playoff game. And it was like Burnell and all these players nobody had ever heard of. Probably Natron Means was the running back back then. Mm-hmm. Before James Stewart and Fred Taylor. Man, Fred Taylor was real good. For so them. I think I just always liked that Jacksonville team because of that one win. I just loved that win. Jack Del Rio. He did some, some good things down there. He's I hope that he does not have anywhere near the same amount of excess in Oakland. Let's just, just put that out. It's weird. The Raiders are 6-2, and two and, and it's just like... I don't think they beat a good team yet. And we don't fear them at all because we just like had our way with them. Like We just trounced them. Yeah. And so I just keep like expecting them to lose other games. They've, they've won a lot of close games. Aren't they 5-0 and oh on the road? Yeah. So two of their, or both of their losses have come at home? Yeah, so they're only 1-2 and two at home. Huh. I think they have the schedule thing where they have four straight oh, home games. Yeah, they have four straight, and and there's like a bye week in there, and then they have the Chiefs. I think they do four home games and the bye. Oh, so their next road game is at Kansas City. I think like that, December. It's December eighth. Uh, yeah, about about now. That's they're pretty much right there. That's yeah. Weird. yeah. Again, racing that two seed. Well, Raiders losses, Broncos losses, Steelers losses. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Joel. Um, man, this has been Amateur Hour, and, uh, this is, like, one of those gigantic R&B collaborations, and Jamal, buddy, this one's going out to you. We love you. We love you a long time. Hope, hope we get to, hope we get to see you again. If I can do this play. There we go. It's a collaboration? It's just the police, isn't it? Uh, no, this is, like, Oh, it's going. The Puff Daddy, the Faith Hill, the 112... I'm living in the past. You know. And not the 90s past, but the 80s past. <laughs> Man, it does seem just like yesterday that I was on the track and Jamal was rocking the flow. Man, he's real good. It was yesterday, actually. <laughs> we had... We have Alex Smith, Jamal Charles, and Spencer Ware like last week. Now we're talking about Nick Foles and Charcadric West. <laughs> On Monday, I was I listened to the the opening hour of Danny and Carrington's show on Monday. And Carrington was he said something to the effect of like, we know that Jamal is going to James Andrews. Like we're probably gonna find out in the middle of this week that he's done for the year. Yeah. And just like straight up <laughs> That was my first time for Sunday. <laughs> Favorite Jamal game. I mean, probably the Denver game when he had 200. And, the week 17 like, could have could have broken the NFL record. I mean, honestly, I think my favorite like actual Jamal memory was five touchdowns against Oakland while you and I were the only people in a bar yeah. hosting a live event, hosting <laughs> a watch party, yeah. <laughs> a two-person watch party in a bar. That was that was really fun. Um, that was really I mean, fun. just getting to watch him like wave off his shoes and just like in Oakland that was so good. Um, I mean, I think my favorite in-person Jamal memory, despite the fact that the game turned out to be total crap, was the Baltimore game. Yeah. I mean, getting that touchdown and, like, going up 7 nothing in a playoff game is, like, 45-yarder. I don't know if I've ever been, like, that fired up at a Chiefs game and then Baltimore proceeded to score, like, 30 straight points. Yeah, and then it's weird. The one that comes to my mind 
I think about the one against Seattle in, in 2014 or whatever that was. And then I also think about the 2012 year. When the Saints New Orleans, yeah. And he had, like, I think it was a 90-yard run. He had, like, 200-and-so-odd yards. That was one of our yep. two wins that season. Yeah. And it was all him. It was all, and we were losing by, like, 17 in the game. And I think. we just, and it was just like, handing it off. Yeah. It was like, didn't matter. We had given up on the game. Like, just, just run the ball. And then Jamal takes that and wins. Enjoyed that. Congratulations, honey. You were great. Oh.